welcome back to Rogue Opinions Tennis Update as the sun sets in Pali and we and the grass grows we look back at the crushed brick itself so here to talk all things French Open with me is Carl. Carl how you doing? Hello yeah I'm very well thanks Nathan and yourself? Yeah I'm good thank you I'm more no, I'm happy I'm always happy to see freshly cut grass on a tennis court <laughs> not, never been the biggest fan of of the clay um even though it's got a lot quicker in recent years uh, as a surface uh it, it, it's always good to get to summertime because that's when you know it, it is summer over here on the shores of the uk and across europe uh, when you see the, the cut grass so it's always nice always nice to see yeah exactly and all the tennis is called off because it's pissing it down with rain of course, yes, yes. If it's not, if it wasn't Nottingham where there's a challenger going on, it's uh, it's over in Stuttgart, uh, the, where you just can't can't catch a break at the minute. So although I said it's summertime, it uh, it has been raining a lot recently. Uh, so looking back at the French Open, a good French Open, uh, quite a, an interesting one on, on both sides. Although we have to say the two most predictable winners possible for for the men and women's side respectively no surprises here <laughs> well um maybe a little on the men's side i mean some moron didn't think rafa would win the french open i can't, can't remember who that was <laughs> no 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 one at all i tend to edge on the side of doubting the dow is a, is a fool's errand Luckily, he's proven me right mm. this year. <laughs> he, he just had that one match, was it in Italy, where I forgot who his opponent was now, but he, was it Shapalapalov? Yeah, Shapalapalov, yeah. Butchering the name. I do apologise, Dennis. We'll call him Dennis from now yeah, on. Yeah, we'll perhaps. call him Dennis, I think. <laughs> uh, um, he looked absolutely dead on his feet towards the end of that match, so I, I was wondering about his fitness as much as anything, because we know he's been struggling with various injuries and, and his foot as well, so... Um, that didn't make me question whether he had what it took to to win um, the French Open, but clearly he did. Yeah, I think there's just something about the French Open and and Rafa Nadal is just all too. I don't know what it is. Is it maybe it's a piece of magic? Maybe there's just something about the place that brings out a certain energy. I guess we'll just go through the men's the men's side, but he he's a different person on that court, and he. And I mean, he didn't look quite as formidable as could be. He came up against obviously young Felix. I'm not even going to try his, his double barrel surname. <laughs> I do apologise. <laughs> the young Canadian. Uh, he, I think in round was that round three. It was quite early on, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be round three or round four. Uh, and you just had to to look, and it was round four. And there was just something there where Rafa just looked like. He perhaps was losing it a little bit because he, he went one down and then he obviously pulled the next two. But then set number f- was four. Felix really looked like he was going to push on. But then inevitably uh, come <laughs> back comes Rafa and it just he just kind of blew him away a little bit in the fifth. Yeah, we, we kind of saw it on a couple of occasions um, in the Australian Open as well. Just just when you think he's on the brink of a defeat, he, he finds a way to turn matches around. I think it was... Uh, our man Dennis again, wasn't it, in the semi-final that yeah. had Rafa struggling. Um, he looked like he was going to go out, and somehow he 
he turned it around and and got through and through to the final. He just see, I mean, not just him, but Djokovic and Federer also have that ability as well, which has made what's made them great champions. They seem to turn defeat into into a win somehow. It is mad. I watched a, there was a highlight video that someone brought up of um, Nadal at the French Open playing Pablo Andijar, who's a, a fantastic uh, Spaniard as well. And there was a set, it was a third set, and Pablo was 5-1 up, 40 love up, and he lost a set. Nadal won it. <laughs> he just, mad, isn't it? <laughs> and it's just something unbelievable. And But even when he got through Felix, he, he came up against the... Uh, a chap you've already mentioned, Novak Djokovic, world number one, hasn't played a lot of tennis this year for reasons that we're not going to bore you with on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but he had, Novak had just destroyed Dennis Schwartzman, who's a fantastic clay court player. And, and I think you, I think we both said, oh, if he's, if he's going to, he's going to have to pull out something magical here, Rafa, because Novak is Novak. He's much fresher than Nadal this year, given he's not played a lot. Which sometimes works in your favour and sometimes doesn't. But Nadal just, at times, was playing with him. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he won the first set fairly easily, didn't he? But uh, Djokovic did come back and took the uh, took the second set. And uh, we were both, well, I was certainly thinking, oh, here we go. Djokovic yeah. is going to go on a run. But it, it just didn't materialise. Uh, Rafa wrestled back control and won in full sets in the end. Well, reasonably comfortably, to be fair. Yeah, the first and the, th- and the third set both won 6-2. But Rafa was just, um, there's an old expression out there, that the, the ball's looking like a beach ball to him, which means that the Dow was just seeing everything that Novak was mm. doing. And couldn't miss really, uh, although he did win the fourth in a tiebreaker. I think, Ed, given that it's Novak versus Rafa, it's, it's as comfortable as win as you're going to get in those circumstances. Uh, but then he did have to come up against Alexander Zverev in the semi-finals, and unfortunately Zverev uh, rolled his ankle and absolutely has done himself for six months. So he had to retire in the second, although Nadal won the first on a tiebreaker. A good tiebreaker, but this was a competitive match that maybe it's a stroke of luck for Rafa, maybe not. You'd, you'd be a fool to doubt that he would have won anyway, but he wasn't not playing particularly well. I, I think he would have got over the line personally against Zaraf. You know, Zaraf was perhaps playing the form of his life until he um, he did his ankle in, to, to be fair to him, but I think it certainly helped fortuitous and helpful in a way it gave him a bit more bit more rest and perhaps saved a bit more energy for the final i think yeah i think you're perhaps right like nadawa said he played this tournament despite having uh, anesthetic injected into his foot he's had a, a really sort of bad foot injury uh, of late that is really really hurting his chances and he's not sure he's said himself if he has to play with getting injections he's he won't he'll retire um, but if they can find a way to bring it down to just taking anti-inflammatories when he wants to play, uh, then he'll carry on. Yeah, I don't know exactly what they call it or what it is, but apparently he's due for some sort of some sort of cutting-edge, non-evasive um, procedure, isn't he, before Wimbledon? So he's he's hoping that will sort out. So apparently burns the nerve endings or something. Yeah, it's something weird, and I'm not sure exactly what it is. He's, he, obviously, it's, it's down to him how uh, 
open he wants to be with it but he's done some interviews recently and i mean the guy's won 22 grand slams 14 french opens as many other titles as you can name he doesn't he's got nothing to prove so uh, but he clearly loves the sport and doesn't think he's done yet which is backed up by the fact he's won the first two grand slams uh, of the season for i think the first time ever or the second time ever it's one of the two and he's 36 so yeah it's slightly crazy uh, and unlikely as it is, I mean, for someone who we thought was done before the before the Australian Open started, he's he's actually on for the the calendar slab. Imagine imagine if he just does it after Djokovic was trying so hard last year. Oh my God, yeah, it would be absolutely crazy. Uh, but Rafa Nadal, 22 Grand Slams, 14 French Opens. He's only lost three times at this Grand Slam in his entire career and he's been playing it since what 2005 i mean that's mad just just three defeats in all that time in that tournament it's it's just crazy as one-sided as you can get and it's kind of it's weird symmetry because just before nadal went to play felix uh in round four his his club his 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 boys real madrid won their 14th champions league and he was there in the stadium for yeah. it. so it's a weird amount both winning it in Paris it's a weird bit of symmetry <laughs> yeah because I uh, I jokingly texted you didn't like when he lost yeah. the first set to, to Felix should have gone to bed early and not messed <laughs> yeah. around to the Champions League <laughs> <laughs> oh what what a guy imagine reaching a point where you could, you're so good that you can just stay up until midnight <laughs> yeah. 1am the night before <laughs> It's, it's. I'm sure a younger Rafa Nadal would have been in bed well in time, but I think he's earned the right to stay up a bit late and watch. Exactly. And what do we think? That sort of record at Roland Garros, it, it can't be imitated, surely. It can't be. Oh, oh, yeah. It. No one's going to do this again. No one is going to dominate a Grand Slam like this again. I know Federer at Wimbledon, but Federer at Wimbledon has not reached didn't reach this this level this is mental like 14 of the last uh what 17 he's won <laughs> like ridiculous it's, it's insane imagine dominant like we're talking about real madrid winning 14 champions leagues they've what i don't know how many years it's taken to do that but a, a lot, a lot. Since, it, since, it, <laughs> since it began since the 50s yeah. i should say yeah and like past when it was the champions league just the european cup like it's not domination in the same way that this is domination. But he he owns this, and I don't think it'll be long before I'm sure Mr. Roland Garros won't mind if they rename the arena of the event at some point because it's spectacular. Uh, hmm. I think they'll at least name a court after him when he retires. There, you know, I could I could see that. Well, he's got a statue, but I think he deserves more than that. You can't. Mm. No, people, I saw, I can't remember who tweeted it, but it was like some players don't even play 14 times at Roland Garros. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, <laughs> win it 14 times. It, it's an unbelievable, but no, I, it will never, never be replicated. And, you know, I think, I think on this form, and if his foot, touch wood, his foot's okay, you wouldn't put it past number 15, number 16. No. It's, uh, it's, because let's get on to the, to the final. If we flip over to the other side of the, of the draw, someone that was making their own history, Casper uh, Ruud, uh, not a very well-known player, but which is strange given that he, he has won eight titles at this point, uh, but never been past the 
fourth round of a major. He did reach the semi-finals of the year-end championships last year, though. Uh, he's a damn he's a damn good player. He's been a he's been around for a bit now. He turned pro in 2015, uh, but he's still only 23. So I mean, he's he he turned pro quite young. He has been threatening recently to um, break into a Grand Slam final. I, I would say, looking at some of his performances, especially in um, uh, you know the, the sort of lesser competitions. I think he won quite a few, didn't he, last year? He has won, yeah. He's he's won exclusively clay court titles, apart from one, uh, which was San Diego last October, where he actually beat uh, Britain Cameron Norrie in the final to win yeah. that. He is Be- a fantastic Beat him quite handily as well, didn't he, if I remember correctly. Very handy. Six love, six two. So it was domination. But he's a fantastic clay court player, basically. Uh, really. He did reach the final of Miami back in April. He lost to Carlos... Alcaraz, he's a, a man I think people expected a little bit more from at this French Open, but he's only about 19, so there's plenty more to come. Mm, he, did, he did come up, to be fair, he did come up against uh, Azarov that seemed to have the bit between his teeth this tournament, to be fair to him. Yeah, he certainly did. Uh, but yeah, Casper's a good player. He's a solid ten, top tenor at this point, uh, which says a lot. And yeah, he... he he did he did okay but coming into this final he had to win that first set and he kind of i don't know if he lost his nerve a little bit but he was broken immediately he did obviously get one of the breaks back but then nadal just out of canter in, in the end but i think let's look at some of the people that casper beat uh the semi-final he came up against a former u.s open champion uh marin chilich it's great to see marin chilich back yeah, he, About he did surprisingly time. well, didn't he, Marin Cilic? I didn't know he still had that sort of run left in him these days, I've got to be honest. He's had a lot of injuries in the last couple of seasons, which has really hurt him. But we're talking a guy that's reached the the final of three uh, of the four majors, the French Open being the only one that he hadn't. Uh, so this is a top-class player and obviously a US Open champion uh, as well. So it's a guy, 20 career titles, Marin Cilic, former world number three. Uh, back inside the top 20, which is amazing to see. He's also mm. an Olympic silver medalist in the doubles uh, and a Davis Cup champion. This is a, a Hall of Famer. Uh, still only 33, which isn't old for a tennis player anymore. No, he's younger, than, he's younger than I thought he was, I've got to be fair. I thought he was pushing 35, to be honest. So I think people have tripped up a little bit because Marin Cilic is one of those guys that kind of hit the big time really early on. Mm. Like he was already in a Grand Slam quarterfinal in, in 2009. He won his first title in 2008. So he was only sort of 19, 20 around those times. So it, he's it's been he's been around a long time, but he was very young when he got in there. But that's a top class win for Kasparud. Like And Cilic came off beating Rublev in five, who's a top tenor at the minute. Um, it's fant- a good tournament and it's good to see these guys kind of stepping up because the draw does open up a little bit at the minute. It is quite open other than Djokovic and Nadal, especially when you've got Djokovic, Nadal, Alcaraz, Zerev all on the same side of the draw. Mm. Uh, there was always going to be some surprises. Yeah, and there was one major surprise, wasn't there? Uh, I forget the lad's name now, but beat Tistapas, didn't he? And sort of everyone took notice. Oh, Mr. What's his name? Holger Rune. That's him. Uh, yeah, That's him. Danish. Danish. Yes. Yeah. Into his first quarter final, he he lost to Casper uh, as well. But yeah, Tissipas went down 
went down in four. Disappointing for Tissipas, I think. And it's an he, he's obviously been in the final here, and he, he was two sets up last year in the final, if I remember right, against Novak. He, he was, yeah. He looked like a Novak in real trouble in that final, and then in Tissipas style, he just seemed to fall apart. He did a bit. It all went a bit wrong. There's obviously a, it's a bit of a mental thing with the Grand Slam finals. And unfortunately, a lot of these guys just don't reach them because it's been so dominated <laughs> in terms of the, on, on the men's side, certainly. But I think Kasparud is someone we're going to see a bit, a lot more of. He needs, he's clearly a clay court specialist. I don't know how that game's going to translate to grass. Uh, but I think given his track record so far of exclusively winning clay court titles, he's going to need to start mixing it up. And maybe that's something he's going to learn along the way. Uh, he's from Rafa Nadal's Academy. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it shows you the age disparity, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really does. It's a bit of like um, there's when Nadal was like 15, 16, he, he went on to play Carlos Moya. Yeah, professionally who is it's now his coach so <laughs> it's a bit of a funny one sometimes <laughs> uh but yeah a, a good a good draw the final wasn't quite as entertaining as we first thought there were flashes from casper rude but no more than that going down six three six three and then six love i think he'd thrown him in power that <laughs> yeah it looked, looked like he'd pretty much given up didn't it bless him yeah he just started doing that thing where they just sort of hit hit and hope a little bit and the Dow just brushed him aside for as we said already his 22nd Grand Slam title insane I mean he was I think everyone saw him as the least likely to win or get ahead in the the you know the Grand Slam race between the, the other two and all of a sudden the one player we thought was done is the one player that's edging ahead but I imagine someone will make We'll make it 21 uh, during Wimbledon. We can, we can perhaps get to that in a, in a, in a little bit. But Yeah, I think so. I think Wimbledon on the men's side, before we get on to the, to the women's side, uh, isn't perhaps looking as open as we think, unless there's going to be a surprise. All logic tells you that Novak's going to win. Nadal probably won't be there, but touch wood that he is. Uh, Federer's not playing. Zerev is out, not that Zerev mm. has ever won a major. Um, Last year's finalist, I think Berrettini, he's he's out injured currently, isn't he? he is, uh, no, he's back as now. Well. Oh, he is back. He is back. Yeah, he's but... back. He's playing this week. He's had two solid wins. So um, uh, maybe, maybe then, maybe might be might be a slam too soon for him, but but you never know. You do never know. We need some people to step up and uh, and kind of compete with Novak. I think Felix, as I said to you. Privately, is I think he's one to watch again on the grass. Uh, he's a good player on there. Uh, outside of that, we we need someone to step up. Not that oh, I've got nothing against Novak winning another Grand Slam. It's just always nice to see a surprise or two. Uh, you yeah, yeah, the underdog, don't you? You just <laughs> like it to be uh, competitive because last year I, th- I thought he won it pretty much at a canter last year. Really, Benettini bit of a fight in the final but he never really looked like losing did he to, to be honest yeah it's one of those strange matches because Berrettini won the first set and still you were like ah oh, he's he, he's done what he needs the second one you always need the first two against these guys against the mm. Nows Federer's uh, this world. <laughs> uh, at least at least yeah, yeah. <laughs> at a minimum so yeah I think we could both quite comfortably 
back Novak, back the Novak train for Wimbledon. But we shall see. Maybe there's some surprises in there. Who knows? Mm. Maybe Carlos can, Alcaraz can show us some grass court form that we've not seen before. Mm. I remember, uh, I, can't, I can't remember the exact year now. It might have been 96, but no one saw Richard Krychek beating Pete Sampras in uh, a quarterfinal or, or semi-final uh, that year it happened when Krojcik went on to win the title. So, you know, anything can happen. Someone could, you know, be have the tournament of their life and, and beat him. You just, you, you do never know, but... Yeah, and as much as I do love Daniel Medvedev, uh, he, he's not going to be there. So, make of that what you will. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Strange. Um, on to the women's side of the draw, and... Um, if Nadal winning Roland Garros isn't surprising, I think Swiatek winning the French Open is in some ways even less surprising. Talking about domination and winning at a canter. It is absolutely stunning. One of the greatest sort of winning streaks we have seen in tennis history. I'm going to put it at her 35th straight win. Uh, which puts a level with Venus Williams and one ahead of Serena for most consecutive wins uh, on the WA Tour. Mm. Sixth event in a row, uh, and the first person to do that since Justine Hennin in 07-08. It's unbelievable, and I don't know. I think she dropped one set in the whole tournament. Yeah, um she did look. She did look like she was in real trouble against uh, Quinlan Zhang uh, at one point. I mean, she really came out and um, made life difficult for uh, Igor attack But um, I thought she picked up an injury. She talked about a menstrual cycle as well, putting her off. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I must admit, I watched. I watched that first set, and it did look like. She she had Iga's number at one stage, I've got to say. Yeah, and sometimes you do need a bit of luck, even if it is unfortunate luck, as uh, to give you a little bit of an edge. But I'd still think she probably would have won won the match mentally. She's still so strong considering mm. she's not barely losing sets. She's hardly using games. I mean, we talk about from quarterfinal to the title. She went. She won set six three six two six two six one. And then six one six three. I mean, I know we were just saying <laughs> um, Rafa's um, record can't be matched. Maybe not on the men's side, but Swata, she looks like she could dominate the French Open for a few years if she stays injury free, playing playing this sort of tennis. I, I tend to agree. I mean, I don't want to say she's might gonna, not get to. I'm not going to say I'm yeah. not saying she's going to get to 14, but she could certainly pile a fair few up if she continues like this unless someone um, comes along. Yeah, I mean, a second French Open title first. We take one, the first one against Sophie, uh, Sophia Kennan in 2020. Uh, so, and then she kind of not went off a little bit, but she lost lost her way of. Of, like she, she only ended the year at world number nine in 2021, a quarterfinal at the French. But she, she's stacking it up. She's semi-final of Australia this year. She's won the French Open. She hasn't lost in forever. So we could be looking at that the Wimbledon champion as well. Uh, it, it's, it's an unbelievable record. But she's got to sustain it if you want to win 14 French Open titles. 
that takes some that takes some doing. <laughs> like, that's not. Yeah, consistency is key. It really is. Uh, I'm not. I didn't really see a lot of her um, at Wimbledon, so I don't, I, on grass either. So I don't know how her gra- uh, game sort of translates to grass, but but we'll have to see. I have a feeling she'll be just as good. But right, she you, the, you, you never know. Yeah, she reached the fourth round uh, last year, so which were, which was a, a good performance. Uh, for her, I think it was only her second or third uh, French Open. She went down to I can't pronounce her name, but uh, Jaber, Tunisian. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, she went down to to her in the fourth round. Oh, so. on Jaber. Yeah, that's Is it. That, yeah. Yes, yes. All these names. <laughs> that's to say, but I mean, we needed somebody in the women's side of the game um, to step up because obviously Ashley Barty retired uh, now and that somebody has stepped up and has seized an opportunity. And I mean, Swiatek is on Ash Barty's level anyway. It would have been yeah. amazing if they were both here fighting it out. But everyone else in the draws at the minute, they, they gotta, they've got to step up because Swiatek is brushing apart, and she's brushing apart world-class players mm. with ease. Coco Goff is a ph- phenomenal player, still very, very young, only 18. First Grand Slam final, which... Um, which is amazing, and now she's at a career high ranking. But just brushed aside. Yeah, I mean she's she's you know she's winning matches six two six zero. I mean there was a thing um, saying like you know how many how many bagels she's inflicted on her opponent. It's it's just ridiculous, really. She's not just winning, but she's destroying opponents. Yeah, yeah, and she is, and let's not forget she also she did have a French Open doubles final as well last year. Uh, which she did lose at that point. But, yeah, she is stacking up the titles and she's going to continue to do that, it looks like. Uh, so I think Wimbledon, I'd I'd put my, my money on, on Swiatek. <laughs> I don't think you can back anyone else without the Williams sisters there mm. uh, either. Yeah, Swiatek and Djokovic should be uh, the two people to bet the farm on, I, I would say. Yeah. Definitely, and I can see Swiatek winning a lot more Grand Slams and a lot more titles for quite a while, unless, like, I don't know, maybe injury is the only thing that's going to stop her for a bit. Yeah, or say a, a talented youngster coming through, perhaps. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's going to take some. I mean, Coco Goff could, could do that. Maybe Raducanu can find some form that won her a US Open last year. Who Who knows? So we don't know, but but there we go. So uh, quite an easy French Open. Not there wasn't a lot of surprises on the, on the women's draw. I mean, early doors though, the seeds dropped out. Yeah, they really did, didn't bit. they? Yeah. So I mean, Simone Simone Halep went down in the second round. Uh, Ostapenko went down in the second round as well. There wasn't a lot of people left after a while. Because after winning Indian Wells and having a bit of a run herself, I was, I was expecting a bit more from Paola Bedosa, to be honest. But uh, in the slam, she's she's still falling a bit short at the moment, isn't she? But I have confidence she's going to win one at some point. I tend to agree. Uh, and yeah, I think she was somebody that I was looking out for because she was on the other side of the draw. And then she sort of Came through the first round very easily. The second one was slightly tougher. And then she went down to uh, Kudamatova. But she did have to retire 
but she was already down 6-3-2-1 at that point. Uh, as well, Ostapenko, who's starting to climb the rankings a little mm. bit again, a former champion here. I was expecting more from, but Elise Cornet, uh, maybe inspired by being in her home country, uh, just sort of quite comfortably in the first set, six love, uh, and then ended up winning it in three before having to retire in the f- third round, unfortunately, as well. So the draw did really open up uh, for Swiatek anyway, not that she needed it. <laughs> so <laughs> everything was just in place for her. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we'll have to see. And uh, Annette Contevet is another one I like to keep an eye on because she had a really good run winning um, so some of the like 500 events and, and whatnot. So she's she's got a run in a slam in her if, if she can pull it together, I, I think. Whether she can actually win one, I'm not too sure, but... Uh, I can definitely see her as a semi-finalist at the very least at, at some point. I think so as well. Yeah, <laughs> I think anyone could. Really, the draw for the women's side is they tend is very open at the minute outside mm. of the world number one. So uh, I mean, you watch the men's and a few will fall, but mostly the the top ten of the, the ones you expect seem to progress more often than not. But the women, it, it seems. A lot, as you say, it seems a lot more open to who who makes the second weeks and um, the latter stages. Yeah, there's so much talent. The talent pool is so deep uh, on, in the WTA that, yeah, anyone can really have a run. Uh, as, as we saw at the US Open, which is quite, it's very, very fun for the neutral. Uh, maybe there's a bit of lack of consistency from mm. the top players. Maybe it's a mental thing. At the Grand Slams, I don't know. Um, it would be foolish of me to try and say. Uh, but it is it is exciting, like having having that unpredictability, and it's probably a conversation for another time. But like the men's side, as you say, it can get uh, boring is the wrong word, but there's just so many consistent players in that top mm. ten that you, you do tend quite rarely to get a surprise uh, of the level of kind of a Radicanu, which is once in a blue moon. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm looking forward to Wimbledon. The men's side is wide open, uh, unless Nadal decides to come back and just wins that as well. <laughs> or Federer at the last second decides to play. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Murray finds some form out of nowhere. Oh, God. We, we all hope. I'm not going to hold out no, much hope, no. <laughs> okay well that, i think that's going to be us done for for roland garris we leave we leave Paris and head over to to sw19 uh in a few weeks looking forward to queens is coming up as well haller is always a fun one uh and yeah we've got stuttgart on at the minute there's tennis coming out of our ears really it's all over <laughs> the place so it's the it's probably my favorite time of the year given that Wimbledon is on our doorstep uh, as well. But you can find Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinion. You can find me at Nathan Greenaway. Carl, what have you got going on? Uh, yeah, you can find me at Carlos underscore Fire80 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can check out uh, me and Scott um, Pudding and Easy covering the uh, new Obi-Wan series. Uh, our first look at that is out now as we uh, talk about the first two episodes. And hopefully soon... Uh, we'll be able to record on episode three and four. So hopefully that should be out maybe by the end of the week, depending on scheduling. If Scott's sore throat 
clears up blessing um there's also guns and devils as me and liam look back at a season we'd both like to forget and i think nathan would like to forget <laughs> as well <laughs> oh, i don't think it happened really <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you again just after wimbledon bye now bye